Hey folks, Richard Bean here, and I am here to tell you about Bakersfield Observed, the podcast. That's right. Once a week, we'll talk to local newsmakers, politicians, and personalities to discuss issues that affect our community. It's a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County, and it's available at kernradio.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bakersfield Observed, the podcast with Richard Bean, brought to you by Centric Healthcare, King Door Company, and News Talk 96.1 and AM 1180. Check it out at curtainradio.com. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the Bakersfield Observed podcast. We, re- we record it right here at the American General Media offices off California Avenue and Highway 99. This podcast airs weekly, and it complements the work of the Bakersfield Observed blog. You can also access this podcast via Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also get it on kernradio.com. Today's guest is none other than Pastor Robin Robinson of CityServe. It's a nonprofit organization that was has formed a broad coalition of churches and organizations and individuals to fight homelessness, hunger, loneliness, and addiction. A little word about our guest here. We fit we have featured Pastor Robin before on this show, and it is not inaccurate nor is it hyperbole to say that few people have captured the hearts of Bakersfield as much as Pastor Robin Robinson and the work she's doing over at CityServe. In fact, and this is important, this is my opinion, in a widely diverse community of many religions and thoughts and personal convictions, Catholics, Evangelicals, Sikhs, Buddhists, Atheists, you name it, Pastor Robin Robinson may be the most singularly respected religious figure in town, and she's accomplished that through her work at CityServe, an amazing nonprofit that has experienced hyper-growth in its bid to bring churches and organizations together to serve the needy, as well as through a personality, Pastor Robin's own personality that exudes faith, hope, and optimism without passing judgment on other beliefs. With that, here's a big welcome to Pastor Robin Robinson. How are you? Man, I'm doing great, Richard. Thank you so much for such a beautiful introduction. I know that I'm just a small part of all the good going on here in Kern County. Just such a blessing to live in this community and to see the generosity and goodness of people that live here. Oh, boy. And let's get right to it. Just a week ago, you're coming off the annual Mayor's Ball and the proceeds, the profits of which uh, help fund CityServe. You guys raised an incredible amount of money. I believe it was $588,000. Is that right? $558,000. $558,000. Outstanding. I mean, when you saw that number, what were you thinking? I was just overwhelmed, Richard. I really was. I mean, that night in the room, it wasn't an auction type thing. It was more of just a ask and a stand up or, you know, be a part of what's happening. And um, from the very beginning, um, I, I just, the first thing that was asked is of a box truck and it's a used box truck. We, we don't need new equipment, but 
we, we desperately need a box truck and mm-hmm. we'd been working with uh, Motor City on something that was used and, uh, you know, felt like that with, with several people and from the beginning, um, one person, Bank of America, stood up and said, we'll make it happen. And oh. honestly, just the overwhelming feeling of um, I, a, a window of generosity that just opened up in the room um, to do the work that's needed in the community that we really feel, Richard, um, some of the deeper stuff, such as, you know, workforce development and job skills training. We do that with um, BC and a, what a beautiful partnership that is. And we just graduated six more students on Friday uh, mm. that from, you know, Mission Kern County. Uh, we work with the M Street Navigation Center, Garden Pathways, Keepers of the Cross. And, and these students, actually, every one of them have a job now as well in our community. So graduated with a job with this BC certificate. But there are some students coming through from this population, Richard, that don't have the ability or the capacity to accomplish the academic piece. And they need a purpose, and they need a job as well. So we're working on some things that could be certificates where they could get some job skills without the academic piece. Mm -hmm. That's super important to us that every person, uh, whether it's sweeping at a shop or um, working in gardening, uh, field maintenance, those kinds of things, that they learn some skills that they can be purposed. And they can wake up every day and know that they matter, and they they can they can accomplish a job as well. Unbelievable! Uh, take us back for for those who might be listening to this and aren't familiar with where CityServe came from. Take us back to to kind of the birth of the organization and where you were in the original vision, if you will. Absolutely. So you know, I've been a, a pastor here in town for thirty four years, and um, been at Canyon Hills Church, and for, for several years before CityServe, what we were seeing, Richard, was small churches of every denomination closing their doors in the neighborhoods, hmm. right in the basic places where people needed help and hope the most. They weren't able to have enough resources to do the work and even keep the doors open. So as a larger church, that was really breaking our hearts because we know not everybody can come to Canyon Hills, nor should they. There are many wonderful churches in our community and our county small and large. But that was that was our heart. And so um, we had been working a little bit, done a couple outreach with Convoy of Hope, and Dave Donaldson, who had been on our staff back when I was, you know, 25 years ago or more, he had founded Convoy of Hope, which is a national and international uh, disaster relief um, organization that you'll see them, if you see Red Cross, if you see Samaritan's Purse, you'll see Convoy of Hope. Hmm. Every, like these tornadoes across Kentucky yeah, and all right. of those, Convoy of Hope is already responding to those things. So we thought maybe, you know, in the middle of that, now this vision, we get given to us the Montgomery Ward building. Okay. Just like out of the blue, Richard, we've been looking for storage, and we had no storage at the church, and, you know, been out in the community and got a phone call, our senior pastor, about this building, and I remember talking with him, and he said, I told them there's no way that we could do this, and the guy said they want to give it to us. Oh, wow. Well, I can tell you that conversation, both of us were in tears. We're like, could you imagine if the—and then that was a Friday, and the next Friday we got the keys. Oh, and wow. that first time we were in the building, I mean, I remember Pastor Wendell saying, like, we have no idea what this building will be used for, but we do know this building will be used to help our community. 
That's the one thing we know. Okay, so the so whole con- no excuse, excuse me for interrupting, but the whole yeah. concept of CityServe, what you're doing now, the success that you've had, you didn't know that wasn't born when the old Montgomery Ward was given to you guys? No. Well, how did that we come already, about? Well, so in the middle of that, we have the building, and we're, we're, we're cleaning it out and, and thinking that we might even do a church campus there downtown, Richard, mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out, like, what does God want to do with this building? Right. And I can tell you, it's morphed and changed in the midst of all that. But um, we were, again, we were talking with Convoy of Hope and my pastor, Wendell Vinson, he, he was with Dave in Washington, D.C., and, and it just came to be that it's not going to go the convoy path because it's not really their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And right there, that's when they decided we're, we're doing something, and we're going to do something locally for the local church. And so City Serve was born. I was actually in the back of the automotive bay dreaming about what I was going to do with junior hires. At that point, I was a junior high pastor and dreaming what I'm going to do in that warehouse. And I got a phone call from Pastor Wendell, and he said, hey, can you get a forklift? Tomorrow we have a truck coming. And mm-hmm. the first Costco truck came. The relationship was built through them with World Vision, Costco National, Children's Hunger Fund International, Convoy of Hope, and now, as you well know, Amazon, Walmart, and many other national retailers. But that started with one truck coming from Costco right here in Kern County in the automotive bay of the Montgomery, old Montgomery Ward. So it, it wasn't it, this this effort wasn't started through some grand plan. You didn't have a five day re- no. retreat in Barbados where you came back with uh, <laughs> this. Right. This no, is no. what we're going to do with the building. We're going to create an organization called CityServe. It just started. It, it almost sounds like an organic growth of an yeah, idea. It totally was. I mean, it was a God thing for sure. I mean, even thinking through the name, the city, we thought of different things, and then we landed on CityServe, and that's it. I mean, that's, that's the name. We're here to serve our city, and we want to engage the faith community in doing that by resourcing them right where they are to serve the people around him and need the most and come back to the table in the community and be a part of, again, not judging people, but loving people and hmm. meeting needs. That's what Jesus did. Hmm. Tell me about the idea to bring in all these other. Uh, uh, you've been on on this this show before, and and you mentioned how one of the one of the original ideas was to bring in these other churches who smaller churches that that serve a special need in maybe a micro geographic area that might be struggling, and bringing bringing them in and helping helping them serve their own uh, parishioners or flock or whatever. Whose idea was that, and is that is that something that's done elsewhere? I don't think this model is anywhere else, Richard, and that's why, I mean, you know, this city serve in the last, really, three years. It was about five years ago when, really, that started. The think tank happened, city serve, and then three years ago, I stepped into community here to be able to kind of bring that idea together. At that time, we had eight churches. But the, the, thought, the thought of that is really that, you know, God's church is an answer to the broken world. But they're not when they're judging people. They're not when they're not loving in the way that Jesus loved. But the, the local neighborhood church is called, we believe every, every church, Richard, is called to the widow, the orphan, the poor, the hungry, the addicted, the, the afflicted, the prisoner, um, the vulnerable, the exploited. Those things that God assigned to his church, right? Not to a church, but to the church in the very beginning. And seemingly over the years, all churches have moved away from that mission hmm. and began to be other than 
that. We've got to get back on the missional mandate of really what God's church, not a church, not a Baptist, all of us, all of us are called. And and this is where we come to the agreement, Richard. So um, how do we partner with other churches? Because Old Testament, you know, 631 laws, you break the law, you get your head chopped off or your eyes poked out, right? Mm-hmm. Not a great time to live. New Testament, all kinds of great things about our life. But Jesus himself, Matthew said the two greatest commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what CityServe is about, engaging the local faith community in loving their neighbors, and not just in their church, Richard. In fact, there's a limited amount of product that churches can even use for their own people. Mm-hmm. It's about getting outside the walls of the church and meeting the needs of the people in our community. We work with Department of Human Services. We work with our schools. We work with our hospitals. We work with businesses and other nonprofits. Just this morning, uh, a, a sister nonprofit uh, texted me and said, I had somebody that um, they're in one of the programs, uh, uh, an emancipated youth, had their baby over the weekend early. Do you guys have a car seat? Oh, but we're boy. able to meet that need. Yeah. And what a blessing. I mean, it, it, she can't be released from the hospital without a car seat. Wow. How did, it seems, was it a hard argument, or was there an argument about bringing in other churches and helping smaller churches? Because it seems to me that uh, a singular church, whether it's Canyon Hills or wherever, you, you, you guys have enough to do serving your own flock, and the, and the natural tendency, tendency might be, let's concentrate on the need exists here before we go outside. Was that, did that meet resistance, that idea? It never met resistance with us, Richard. One thing about Canyon Hills is even though they are there, like we've always done outreach. Like I did bus ministry. That's how I started out. And I had a bus, and I knocked on the door in very short order after we built the church. I had 10 buses. I was bringing 600 kids to church on Sunday morning. We had to rent the school down the street. Uh, the world's biggest Easter egg hunt. All those outreach things, and many, many churches in our community are doing those exact things. But in reality, Richard, as we grow and mature and we grew and mature, we recognized that going out and getting kids out of the neighborhood and bringing them to our church might not be the best answer. Hmm. Why not empower that little church right there to do that work right where they are? Then those kids have an opportunity to be in church more than just once a week. They'll have a church family. They can go to summer camp. They can go to VBS, and they're building relationships right in their neighborhood. So that refocus was never resistance for us, and we really haven't seen a lot of resistance uh, from any, any other churches. I mean, I think they recognize the power, and our heart really was those smaller churches. And here's what we believe, Richard, like the larger churches that are part of CityServe here in Kern County, when we go and we speak to them and they, they help us, they're helping us help those small churches be resourced and be viable and, and be able to complete the assignment where they are as well. That's incredible. It, you know, we live in a community uh, with a lot of need, Pastor Robin. You know that. We we, we, we have an, an adult illiteracy rate of around, for the county, of around 25%. Uh, we have one of the lowest college graduation rates in, in the state uh, by county. We have pockets of just incredible poverty and need. And, and yet, this community has has responded in a remarkable way. And I look on that and 
I, I, I have to look to people like you and other organizers there, and I don't want to short anybody else. Nobody would be opening their wallets and their time and their efforts if they didn't have faith that the leadership, you and others, were doing the right thing. Tell me about how, tell me about your view of this community and how it, how it, how it's responded. We talk a lot about how generous we are, but th- this is, this is serious business and $558,000 attest to it just on, on, on one night. What have you seen here and what has it told you about kind of the, the, the world we live in here? Well, I, I believe just the people in Kern County, too, not not just even the generosity and the generous who can give, Richard, but the people. I mean, we, we live in a salt-of-the-earth community. And I just, I think being real with people, you know, that you are, you, what you see is what you get. It's been such a blessing. I can't even tell you how much the vision of CityServe and, and, and the embracing of the vision of the faith community coming back to the table to do what they're actually called to do has been embraced. And I believe that's because it's not one church. CityServe mm-hmm. brings the church together. I mean, the organizations that are in our community that are doing the work, Richard, that, that, are, that have the money to give, they can't give it to one church. They, they just, it's not okay for them. It's, but, but they can give to the church. Mm. And they see the number of churches we're connected with. And you can visibly, tangibly see the work that's being done by CityServe. I think that's also something is it's, there's, it's data. You can see the numbers. You can look at what's going on. You can see the testimonies, the testimonies at the mayor's ball that we played there of people's lives, literally, Richard, that have been transformed. One of those testimonies was a young girl that was um, at the M Street Navigation Center, which, man, they're doing amazing work. We partner with them. That shelter and the Brundage Drain shelter, the city, they're such a blessing to our community. They truly are. They're giving an opportunity to have an audience with folks who have been unsheltered, coming in, staying overnight, staying two nights, but having an opportunity to actually talk with them about how we could help them. But in the, mid- in the middle of that, this gal was at M Street, 24 years old. She came to a relapse prevention class that we were doing on a Friday morning. And she showed up, and I was there, and we just chatted and um, about why she was there, and she was just kind of in a broken condition. Um, and I said, well, we, the only thing we have to offer right now is the welding classes getting ready to start. And she said, well, I'd love to do welding. Hmm. So we get her started, and, and this young girl – Five weeks later, she ended up um, befriending a gal who is kind of my assistant, and she moved from the M Street Navigation Center in with this family from the church, mm. living with them in this transition. She's now in her third semester of welding, and she's actually working at a prefab shop here in town. Oh, boy. And boy. to hear her testimony that she herself spoke on video at the ball, it's just that kind of transformation only happens when people come together again partnering and collaboration, M Street, the county, BC, you know, all of the, the, the generosity of people like Dignity and Adventist Health and Bank of America and you know, all the people that are giving to make that program actually happen for people is incredible. And when that marries one another, along with, Richard, you will always hear me say the number one thing that we believe and we are on is there has to be a relationship. Hmm. Without relationship, you cannot speak into people's lives. So we're not just a program where you come and you do your thing. And you, we're there. We, we'll take a nine-hour 
Bakersfield College culinary class, and we build 12 weeks around that. Why is that? Because we're dealing with a target population, first of all, that's not structured. They need structure. Oh. They need to get up. They need to get their backpack. They need to catch the van. They need to get there. They need to get, when the bell rings, they need to get to their desk. So that 12 weeks, and then there's coffee, and there's granola bars, and we're, and we're visiting, and we're loving on them, and we're navigating with them daily through their homework, through renegade support sessions, through computer lab, all of the things that when you're daily with someone for 12 weeks, you get to know them. And you're able to speak to them in a different way when it comes to the life decisions that lay ahead for them. Mm. So that's the piece. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back a couple of years, say three years, uh, when the Montgomery Ward building was given to the to, to Canyon Hills. What was your role at the church? At that point, Richard, I was um, doing junior high ministry. I was also the adult uh, ministries pastor. I was a connections pastor. And I was just on the little bit of the eight churches with City Surf. Okay. Now, so this has opened up an opportunity for you as well. I mean, in, in, I didn't know you before, but many people in town didn't know you before. And yet now you are the virtual face of, of, of City Serve and, and it's in its voice to some degree. How did, how did it, how did all this change your life? Well, let me just tell you, it was like stepping out into the unknown, Richard. <laughs> there was no job description, really. It was a heart that, um, really, my pastor was the one we navigated, and I said, you know, first of all, I love everything. I love all of the things that I was doing, and I've, I've been so blessed to journey, you know, after God changed my life from drugs and alcohol and all those things and rescued, and if he can do it for me, he'd do it for anybody. That's my heart, for sure. Um but really, it was like stepping out into the unknown for me, Richard. And I called on some people that I have a long-term relationship with and sat with them and just said, hey, I, I don't even know where to start. But in the middle of this, I mean, just the orchestration and the connections and the favor and the love and the embracing in this community of me. You know, there's me, which the redneck's a little hard to hide. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's just there. You. I mean, people say they might recognize my face, and then the minute I talk, oh, oh yeah, okay, right now we know, we know, now we know who you are, right? Yeah, but, but, but in the middle of in the middle of that, Richard, that's just that's that's just who I am, and Bakersfield Kern County has been my home the last 46 years, and I love it here. And um, that's just, it, it, was a, it was a piece that came together to me in a way that God orchestrated every bit of it, Richard. It's been incredible favor, love, blessing. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what it would be like to not know what I know right now. Were you, were you and I ask this with all respect, were you ready for this? Because in some way, when all of this happened, it's like, it was like you were a... Uh, an accomplished actor, you know, who's getting her first huge, big leading role. You stepped onto st a very public stage that I would argue you weren't, even though you were doing terrific work before and within the church, you'd been there for many years. You're in a different place and you're being judged by people who didn't know you before. And to me, and I, and again, I say this with respect, I think that's part of your magic, Pastor Robin, that you are credible People believe you. They see you're sincere. They don't see you as a judgmental figure. When 
these doors open for you and you were happy in what you were doing was was there was there a moment when you thought that you knew I'm stepping into a new role here that's going to be bigger than what I'm used to man I was I ready the absolute answer is no I was scared to death Richard I was literally scared to death I had no idea really where to start or what to do but what I did was I just said to God, every door you open, it's a yes. Every door you open, I will say yes to, and I will walk through. And it's been an incredible journey. And have I grown? Yes, in ways that I probably never would have ever expected to grow, Richard. Like, literally, when I talk to people about this, prior to CityServe, I had been to the Marriott twice. You know, (laughs) I didn't realize what was going on out here. And now those opportunities, those doors, those relationships, Richard, and that's what I just say. I mean, the rich relationships of people, man, they're doing the work too. They, they have the, the titles and they don't have to do what they do, but they do it because they believe in our community as well. And man, I went I, I, at the ball. I said, one of the things I said, I said, suddenly I started showing up in your offices and it, at events, and people are looking around saying, who is she and what is she doing? Right. Right. Well, here, I mean, you're going to black tie balls every year. When's the last time you went to a black tie ball? Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Just know that I had my camouflage liners underneath the ball, John. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Robin, do you, I, 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 you, you, you have gone down this road before. I'm going to ask you to do it again, if you don't mind, because you mentioned it before sure. about you went through your own struggles and only by uh, looking to God that you found your way out, that you had some, some substance abuse issues. Can you talk to us about that and how you Absolutely. turned your life around? Absolutely, Richard. I mean, I believe with all my heart that it's all that experience and the life experience that brings us to where we are right now. But uh, just quickly, I'll tell you, I was, I mean, we was, I was born here at five years old. We moved to Oklahoma and we lived on a farm and, um, it was an amazing time in my life. Uh, we had a sign in front of our house that said happy acres. Mm. And as far as I knew, we were as happy as could be, mm. you know, we went to church on Sundays. We had cows and pigs and all the stuff. It's where I learned my work ethic for sure. Mm. But at 12 years old, uh, my folks were having issues. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. My mom literally sold the bull to the neighbor next door bought plane tickets, picked us up at school, and we were in California before we ever even saw our dad mm. that night. Mm. And so I was very broken. I had a younger sister, I have an older sister, but I was right in that space, um, you know, where I had that relationship with my dad. And so my, my world just came crashing down around me. And then between the time of 12 and 16, my mom married five more times. Uh, she married here, she married there, she married here. So there was just a lot of brokenness going on. And as a kid, Kids are resilient, but in the middle of that, I was just broken. And uh, at 15, 15 and a half, I started drinking, mm-hmm. uh, doing small drugs, like, you know, smoking pot, yeah. play those kinds of things. But it just led down this road of just sheer destruction in my life, Richard. I mean, I didn't care if I lived or died. I worked. I actually owned an oil field company. I'm a contractor's license huh. because of that work ethic. But in the middle of that, um, that was back in the Getty Oil days. Mm-hmm. Um but in the middle of that, I destroyed not only that, but I destroyed was destroying myself, and just ended up at a at a moment of just real despair, walking into a small church, and just trying to get my life in order. And as I walked in there, the wreck that I was, 
it was mostly older couples in that church, and they loved me. They loved on me. They cared for me. They didn't judge me. What church they was that? Me. Well, at the time, it was Bethel Temple. Okay. And then I was there, Richard, and Pastor Wendell had actually been my youth pastor back in Lamont when I came back here when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So we had that relationship, and then he left at 16. When I was 16, he went on to become a senior pastor um, here and then in Cerritos and Bellflower, and then meanwhile, I'm off the deep end to 26. Mm-hmm. I was in Bethel Temple. At the same time, Pastor Wendell was, came and took a small church over on Oswald uh, called Highland Assembly. Our churches ended up merging, and that became Canyon Hill. Is that where so you, you, you connected with, with Wendell? Yeah. Th- again. Again. We've known each right, other. Right. And out, but anyway, now he's my pastor again. So this was, you know, I was 20, I've known him um, 49 years. What? Of my life. Can, yeah. can you can you describe the moment? I always found that when people when people sh- kind of share share their experiences, I always find it so revealing and so inspirational. It, was there a moment when you literally turned your life over to the Lord, or you said that this is the day I, or the moment I'm changing, or did something trigger, or was it more kind of a gradual process? Yeah, you know what I remember exactly, Richard. And you know, again, growing up in church knowing the Lord, all of that, and I just followed away from that. But there needed to be a reconciliation. And so, actually, I'd been going back to this small church. The churches had merged, but I was still really struggling uh, just with, you know, my addictions and stuff. And in the middle of that, when we merged, there was a music pastor that came over with Pastor Wendell. And um, just, they just, the personalities, and I'm a little bit artistic, obviously. I like to sing. I like to paint and do these things. So they were building a set for Christmas. And uh, that, that couple really kind of pushed into me a little bit. And I remember sitting right in their living room and rededicating my life to the Lord at that mm. moment. Mm. And even though, you know, we can, we can stumble and we can, we can falter, that was the moment that it made up my mind. Did I stop drugs right then? Did I stop drinking? No. That was a process, Richard. Mm-hmm. But that process was something that I knew had happened in my life. And there's so many people that were part of that, that some know it and some don't even know it. And this is the important thing about our faith, Richard, and the way we live our lives every day, whether we're in Walmart, Costco, wherever we are. That faith has to be something real that we're living out. It's not just on Sundays. That's the filling station. We have to take that out and be leaky vessels everywhere we are, all week long. And in the middle of that, I think to me that's the reality of it, And man, I mean, I have no right to judge anybody, you know, because God is the judge. I'm not. But I do know that if God will do it for me, he will do it for anyone. And I want to be a part of that to the extent that I can, because somebody did it for me. Hmm. And it wasn't easy. When you said you have no right to judge anyone, I want to explore that for a second, because I, 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 I think that people who perhaps are not religious some, not all, are are turned off by what they feel that religious figures of whatever stripe are. They're being judged that uh, they're not living, you know, the life they they should. Why is it important? Do you think that particularly people in your position should not be judgmental? Well, I think the way I look at it, there's three things, Richard. Right. Uh, God judges, the Holy Spirit convicts, and we love. Like, that's not our job. Our job is to love people and to help people come alongside them 
they're never going to see anything good in us if we're judgmental. That's just not the way it was. I was actually doing a tour this last week, and, and there were about 16 people in this tour, and as we're, we're walking along, this young adult kind of caught up with me, and we'd been talking just about everything with CityServe, and she said to me, in your um, relationships with the churches, are you finding that churches are less judgmental, really, or not? Because she says that a young adult... That is that really turns me off. Well, good question. Yeah, and I said to her, I, I do see, I do see that happening, Richard. Where churches are recognizing that people need to belong first, right, before they believe or before they behave, mm-hmm. and they're never going to believe if they don't belong, if they don't see us like saying, you know, being a part of, come be part of of what's happening here. If they don't really see that and know that in us, and it's not real. Like, listen, I did junior hires for 20 years. Junior hires will call you out. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, they will read you like a book. <laughs> so maybe that was my training. But I'm telling you, junior hires, you're either real or you're not. Interesting. Because you, you, don't, you don't have junior hires showing up to your services if you're, if you're not real. Oh, boy. God. But this, I, I do see that changing. And that is our goal, Richard, is not to just resource churches with stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? The stuff, the product to us is nothing if it's not building relationship. It's just a bunch of stuff. It's like the water with Jesus at the well, like diapers, formula, blankets, pillows. It's, 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 it's a conduit to meet a need, and not just one time. The, the, the churches we work with, there's no strings attached. You don't get to go there and say, well, we'll bring you diapers again if you'll co-. There, There's none of that. Right, right. That's not our role. That's not our place. Yeah. Pastor Robin, do you ever look back and, and 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 look back at the last three and a half, four years, and go, look where I was then and where I am now? Because you're one of these people, you know, I mean, different different <laughs> different jobs, but you you and Jr. Flores know everybody in town, literally. <laughs> I mean, you you sat there at the ball at the ball at the mayor's ball. And held court, and you're looking out on a group of people who have given you thousands of dollars, but people you didn't know a few short years ago. How important are those relationships? And is that is that difficult for you? Is that your personality that you can walk into a place and extend your hand and feel comfortable with, say, a, you know, the the local head of uh, of a bank? Like I said, that's all been, it's been such a God thing, Richard, where God has grown me in so many ways that I, that I needed to grow that I didn't even know. But it is such a blessing to be in a room like that and it not just be an invitation to come to something. The people in the room I know personally mm-hmm. and, and deeply, deep in the work of what's going on, deep in the work of their mission and their vision and being able to come along the side and collaborate with that from, from other smaller nonprofits to the large banks, hospitals, and those kinds of things. It, is, it could be easily overwhelming, Richard, except that I know that it's not me. Mm. It's been God's favor. I just get to be an old, rusty piece of conduit, <laughs> right? That honestly... And all rusty. Hardly. know how God did it. But I love it that it's that it's absolute relationship with people. It's the phone call. It's texting. It's those places where the love and support 
and, and the ability to come alongside uh, a large organization where their person is texting you and saying, hey, is there any way you could get some people together oh. and help us do this? Right, right. Right? Man, I can absolutely do that. And being able to follow through on that and to be able to be a blessing to them because they're such an incredible blessing to the work we're doing. And it takes everybody to do it, Richard. I mean, right now we're in the middle of, of you know, the, the kingdom of toys and partnering with people that are, you know, on the streets doing this work in the community, in the neighborhood, churches, and other organizations, the fire department. I mean, what a, what a blessing that we get to partner with them, not only in the fun stuff, but in the hard stuff, where we're helping families every week. That we get a text, we have a system, and we have a fire response team. When there's a fire and somebody loses everything they have, and they walk out with a nightgown and they have no insurance, Richard, we get the first call. Wow. Which means that the nearest church to where they are gets to respond to that person and say, we are here for you. Oh. Whether it's clothing or whether it's food or whether it's, you know, we work with the Red Cross in in those cross paths. Just all of us coming together, but then when they get housing, literally that church nearest to them can go and help them set their house up. Mm-hmm. You know, you, build the relationship. You mentioned the Red Cross. You, you 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 mentioned the fire department. You mentioned before local businesses and hospitals and and DHS and the navigation centers. I mean, you guys are like a like an octopus. You've got tentacles out everywhere. Where do you think that? you do your best work or maybe has there been have have there been things that have developed into your best work that you didn't perhaps think it 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 would work out almost everything Richard that's happened has been exactly that I think the best work that we get to do is that we get to fill in the gaps and collaborate with people and come alongside their mission and in that God has allowed us to develop a mission, like in workforce development training, those kinds of things. There's so much of that going around that's good. City serving the way we do it through relationship building and those things and the marginal population is different. Yeah. But yet everybody's doing good work. Hmm. But I'm telling you one thing about it, Richard. I'll say this with all my heart. It's keeping your feet on the floor. And to me, the greatest blessing, because at Canyon Hills, I was the outreach pastor. I want to be outside the walls. I want to be doing bus meetings. I want to be in the world's biggest Easter egg hat, man, the world's largest, Bakersfield's biggest chocolate Sunday, man, and going to Field <laughs> High School and, right, having thousands of kids. I mean, I, that's just my personality is to be outside the walls. And, you know, yesterday, I, I still have a small group at church that I still meet with for accountability and just we meet weekly. And one thing once a month, we go to the M Street Navigation Center and we, we, we bring food there, we feed them. We hang out with them. We sing. And yesterday we did a Christmas dessert for them. We worked along with Hopester, and they came with us, and we brought cookies and candy and all kinds of Christmas hmm. stuff, man. And I got to get on my guitar and lead Christmas carols. <laughs> Let me tell you, that that's some of the best work right there. It's it's interesting how it, 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 not only you but CityServe and all the people you work with, the other people who make it happen – it, it, it seems to me almost an evolutionary process where new thing be, because it's one of these build it and they will come. You, you have built this in, incredible infrastructure and now people see the way that, that you can help them provide relief to people. Tell me, where do you see city serve going and say, say five years? Where, 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 where do you think we will be? 
Well, I, I think that we'll still be doing some of the exact work that we're doing right now, Richard. I think we'll still be collaborating in the community with great organizations coming alongside them. Collaboration is really the key to getting the job done. There's nothing that any of us can do alone that we couldn't do together better. That's really the truth. Boy. That, and we, we learned that, see, as a church. There's nothing Canyon Hills can do alone that we couldn't do better when we're partnering with other churches in the community. That was the beginning of the visionary moment mm-hmm. where we're like, hey, we got we got to do more. I believe that God gave favor to that church, not be just to be a big church, but to be a big church that can do and feed into the community to do more. And yeah. that was just the beginning dream. City Serve stands on its own, but in the middle of it, that vision and being under a visionary leader myself and being able to say, you know what, we know that this work needs to be done. The Bible's clear on it, the widow, the orphan, the poor, the hungry. We work with foster care. You know, we work with all of these different, we just, you know, got a prison grant. We're going to be working with Hatchby Prison and doing a pre-release transition program with folks that are coming home, working mm. with those families before they come home to be sure that things are good and what are their needs and how can we meet them wow. through that local church, again, without any, without any strings attached. That's but knocking amazing. on the door and say, hey, we know you're, you have a dad coming home in a few weeks. What can we do to help you? Oh, boy. You know? Can we do your lawn? Can we can we paint your living room and bring a new cat? What could we do to help you be ready hmm. to make this a success when they come home? I, and then that job skills piece on the other end of that, there's actually marriage counseling and family counseling in that grant, Richard, where we're able to come around and, and, and see people to stop the recidivism that happens when someone walks outside the gate with no plan and I, no accountability. I'm surprised. Let me ask you, have you gotten calls from around the country, people hearing about this? And going, what are you guys doing in Kern County? What? Tell me about this oh, concept yeah. called Kern City County Serve. Is, Kern County is the model, Richard. We actually are in 12 states right now. We have City Serve Oklahoma, City Serve Arkansas, City Serve Nevada, City Serve Florida, City Serve Michigan. There's 12 states right now and Mexico. Hmm. And just a few weeks ago, we had 100 pastors come in uh, who are looking to be a city serve hub in their state. Is that right? 100 pastors flew to Bakersfield to understand what you're doing? Came down to the building. We had a summit. That's that's exactly right. Those are pastors, Richard, that during the pandemic, because the White House had came here, remember, in January of 2020. One year I had been on the ground building the model and just, again, not me building it, God doing it, people mm-hmm. in the community making it happen. But they came to see the model of the faith community partnering with health care, with government, city and county government, with, with uh, schools, with other nonprofits, with businesses, and seeing how the good work can be done when we come together. And so in February, the mayor's ball positioned us, Richard, in 2020 to be able to respond in the pandemic. And in March, the pandemic hit. And in May, we were named as a community of opportunity and faith by the USDA because of that visit to be able to distribute the farmers to family boxes. All right. So in, in Kern County, we distributed 160,000 boxes through local churches. Hmm. But across the nation, through other churches, 17 million boxes through CityServe. Hmm. Establishing wow. churches to get these boxes and take the trucks. That was all happening right in the warehouse. All of the trucking all the logistics, all of that, right here at Kern County, making that happen across the nation. It's been that, incredible. That, that's, that, that, that's, I didn't know about these 100 pastors coming in. That is, yeah. that, that is amazing. Okay, final question. You know, I've, I've used up a lot of your time here. but No, you're good. No, a lot of people, 
they know the work you're doing and and yet you know you live here i i live here and there there's a a lot of what we see you know the homelessness we see the crime on tv uh there's a drumbeat of negativity and kind of uh, to uh, of news that, that otherwise might bring us down and i'm talking all i when i talk to you i hear hope i hear optimism i hear progress in, in the midst of all this negativity for what what is your message to somebody about don't give up hope that despite all this we've come through this pandemic we've got, going through a crime wave we we still have this homelessness problem why should i have hope because there's there's always hope found in christ richard i mean i, I just believe that with all my heart that's that's been my hope and i believe i have a hope in this community because we just know the people that are serving here and, and I, I know that our best days in Kern County are still ahead. We have to beat a different drum. It's easy to beat the negative drum. Mm-hmm. It's easy to drive by and just see somebody and just, like, uh, deplore that and, and put it down and be negative and judge. That's easy. The opposite of that, though, is that we beat a different drum. And it's like throwing the starfish back. You know what? We're not going to save everyone. But I got this one in my hand, <laughs> and I'm going to do my best. This one's going back in the ocean. Oh. And you know what? It might come back on shore again. Sometimes, you know what? We encounter people more than once. But in this life, there's a purpose, and people matter. People matter, and people count. And I believe, Richard, that every per- person is born with a purpose. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is found in Ephesians 2.10. For you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he already planned in advance for you to do. First of all, nobody else calls me a masterpiece, right? (laughs) I've been called called a piece of work, but not a masterpiece. But God has a plan, and we want to be a help in collaboration with others who are doing amazing work in our space and the lane we're in, in seeing people's lives be changed and transformed. And I think that's the key to all of us coming in here as we navigate with someone that is in M Street. They're doing their work there. Blood is there. Kern Behavioral Health is there. You know, the people, the county is there. And all the people, Cap K, doing the work. And then as we come in, we get to do a small piece of that. And so in every place that we are, it takes a lot of people doing what they've been called to do in this community, living large and in charge in the areas they've been assigned. And they're, they're doing that. And we have to be, you know, we have to be dealers of hope, Richard. Mm-hmm. Man, people deal a lot of junk, right? Right. There's a lot of stuff being dealt out there, man. Man, I want to be known if nothing else. Put on my headstone, man. Dealer of hope. <laughs> because God will do it for me and change my life the way he did. He will do it for anybody. But it took people, Richard. It took people believing in me, coming alongside me, seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly. But somebody seeing my end game when I couldn't see it. Well, Pastor that Robert, will transform people's lives. Young lady, you are a piece of work. You're our piece of work. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you. You, I could not think of anybody more well suited. And yes, it's. Uh, it, I know it takes a village. You're a big part of that village. I'm proud to know you. I know Jr. and you have 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 a special relationship. You have yeah. a special relationship with so many people in this community. I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. I admire what you're doing. We're going to get you on again. I hope. 
Yes, Richard, thank you so much. And, and you've been such a champion. I was bet you saw JNR talking. You have been such a champion from the very first day I walked in your studio. And I want to thank you for not just for me, but for all of the people that you have been underneath. And, and, and you have breathed air into their visions and into their dreams. And when it goes out on the airwaves, it's an opportunity for us to speak our vision and our mission. And you have been a champion for CityServe, and I thank you for that, my friend. Well, and I am proud to know you. Happy to do it. Thank you, my dear, and I hope to talk to you soon. Okay, Merry Christmas. Richard. Merry Christmas God to you. you. Pastor okay. Robin Robinson, everybody. Hey, folks, Richard Bean here, and I am here to tell you about Bakersfield Observed, the podcast. That's right. Once a week, we'll talk to local newsmakers, politicians, and personalities to discuss issues that affect our community. It's a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County, and it's available at kernradio.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bakersfield Observed, the podcast with Richard Bean, brought to you by Centric Healthcare, King Door Company, and News Talk 96.1 and AM 1180. Check it out at curtainradio.com.